You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. You can find my stuff at seanmccormick.com. I'm a life coach, a performance coach, and I bring to you every single week what I think is the most relevant information from the most highest level guests to give you the best information to live the most optimal life. That's the best of all the worlds. On today's today's episode, we're joined by Sina Resvani, who is from the AJ consulting company. That's Dr. Anthony J, who was previously on the podcast to talk about estrogen and estrogenics. Super fascinating podcast. And in that podcast, we talked about genetics testing. And there is such a thing, maybe you know about this already, where you can get your 23andMe data analyzed. Um, You can also go to Ancestry.com. If you've done either of those, you can submit your information to companies like AJ Consult ajconsultingcompany.com slash DNA, where you can learn more about the service they provide in analyzing your data. In this episode, it's kind of broken into two parts. The first part is all about why we should care. Why is it relevant for us to know what's going on in our genes? Um, I think it's kind of obvious that if you have uh, a genetic marker that makes you predisposed to Alzheimer's, you probably want to know that. Do you want to know if you have the MTHFR gene? Um, This information is absolutely and immediately relevant in your life so that you can fine-tune your supplementation protocols so that you can really see if intermittent fasting will help you when you should go to bed. So the first half of this is talking all about why this matters. Um, He tells stories about people he's worked with who learned certain elements about their sex hormones uh, and how they have a propensity genetically for lower testosterone. Um, He talks about um, how knowing your genetic predispositions are essential for optimal performance. Like this is not gonna ever change, this is this is your genes. And if your genes are set up for X and Y, if they're problematic in certain ways, if you're way more likely to, to develop Alzheimer's, you're gonna wanna know that stuff. And you probably want your, your family to know that stuff as well. So the first half is all about why this is important, what works. He tells some really, really interesting stories about people that he's worked with in analyzing their 23andMe data. Um, I also asked him because I was curious about whether or not there is any risk at, you know, basically telling people, having people know what your genes are. Um, Does Big Brother, can they use that information against you? I mean, they can. Uh, Frankly, if someday in the future, if insurance companies are looking at your 23andMe data, um, that can be problematic because that can keep you from getting the insurance that you want. But Overall, what he feels is like it's a much greater benefit to know what's going on in your genes so that you can take proactive um, actions to stave that off to help yourself. Um, So it was kind of interesting to get that take on that. We also cover a pretty interesting thing about histamines and how histamines in food, um, some people are more... um, um, at risk uh, at eating foods that are fermented. Um, th- the report that that Cena does and Dr. Anthony D- J does when he consults for on the DNA is broken up into four categories, which are brain optimization genes, diet optimization genes, vitamin, hormone, and detox genes, and gym genes, GYM, not 
J-I-N, and sleep genes to know like what you should be doing, what you should be consuming, how you should sleep. Um, um, you know, when it comes to brain optimization, Alzheimer's, anxiety, impulsivity, when it comes to your diet, um, are you at risk of heart disease? Do you, will you likely have some gut issues or skin issues? Like this is pretty, really, really, really important and really compelling stuff. Um, so we walk through the protocol in the in, in in the second half. The first half is like why this is important. Some interesting stories about how people have really like changed their life doing this, and then. Um, and then in the second half, it's more like um, you know, forty uh, percent. And then the last sixty percent, we go through my genetic markers. We go through all of the problematic genes that I have, and I make the joke that he's able to look up my skirt and see all of my DNA. Um, I'm gonna actually post this on my personal website, seanmccormick.com/genes, and in that domain, you'll be able to actually see my genes and um, follow along. So if you're interested. Because you and I might actually um, share these genetic markers that are problematic. But as he's going through these different genes that I should be watching out for, um, which there are many, um, so you might have these very same genes. So if you want to pull up your 23andMe data and compare it against my 23andMe data, we might have some things in common. You know, one thing that I want to point out is there is a strength of, um, of cause here. So the, the explaining that if you have a plus plus, uh, gene. If a gene comes up in a strong presence, uh, then then it's really something to look out for. If it's a plus minus, then it's something you probably should look out for. Um, and if it's if it's a minus minus, it doesn't even make it out of the report. So uh, as you're looking through your genetic markers, following along with mine, hopefully it will help you take uh, take control of your of your life and your your optimal performance, because that's what this thing's all about. Um, so again. Uh, you, you can find Sina Resvani at ajconsultingcompany.com slash DNA or Sina, S-E-E-N-A, at ajconsultingcompany.com. Pretty interesting um, conversation, and hopefully you get a ton of use out of this. And as always, I make the ask, please, pretty please, um, buy me a Hanukkah gift or a Christmas gift uh, and, and, uh, and go leave a five-star review on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast because I know that there's a lot of people that have not yet. So if you have not subscribed, please subscribe. It helps our numbers immensely. And uh, I'd love your feedback on this. Um, send me an email at sean at seanmccormick.com or sean at naturalstacks.com. And I would love to hear if this stuff, if you like these types of episodes. We've got really great episodes coming up that I'm really excited to to roll out for you. Um, Dr. John Jaquish will be coming back to talk uh, about X3 and this new amino acid product that is phenomenal called Fortigen. We've got Rob Wolf coming into the, onto the podcast, and we're also going to dive deep into neurofeedback. So lots of cool things to round out the year. And uh, again, I thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back and listening every single episode. Um, I appreciate it, and I, and I love to do this. So if you want to connect, sean at seanmccormick.com. Send me an email. Otherwise, I will see you elsewhere on the internet. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Sina Resvani. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. 
And we're here with Sina Resvani, who is a health coach and a genetic coach for AJ Consulting Company. Sina, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Sean, great to be here. This is obviously a sort of a continuation off of the the Dr. Anthony J podcast appearance from a little bit ago. And, you know, he wrote uh, that incredible book, Esther Generation, which um, I have gotten lots of feedback from in that episode already where people were like, oh my God, I didn't realize that I just can't ever have plastic in my life ever. Um, but it goes much deeper and there's much more that we can know about ourselves and um, and submitting my 23 and D 23 and me data to you for us to talk about today, but to also talk about the service that you provide in coaching people around their specific genetics is fascinating. How in the heck did you find yourself in this line of work? <laughs> Good question. Yeah. It's actually kind of a funny, um, path. So, um, like you and probably a lot of the audience members, um, I'm just really, interested in health, wellness, um, and fitness. And so as I was pursuing, uh, information around that over the last few years, um, I came across Dr. J and I'd always been interested in looking at my genetics and, um, seeing what I could glean from that. When I came across Dr. J, um, conducting a consult for, I think another podcast host it was, um, that was really interesting to me. And then I started um, circling in on on him and listening to other um, interviews that he had or, or uh, DNA consults that he had conducted, and you know I made a decision to pull the trigger. Um, sounded really interesting, and we had a uh, really interesting consult session. I was floored by it, um, and I just basically convinced like ten different people in my social circle to to do it too, like um, friends and family, and I sat in on most of those calls because I had been through the experience myself and mm. um, I basically said, look, you talk to Dr. J, you pay attention, you ask your questions, I'll basically kind of act as your secretary and take notes so you don't have to be distracted by that. And so thankfully that gained me access to uh, more consults. And throughout that uh, experience, I kind of built a relationship with Dr. J and you know, I, I wasn't actually angling um, to work with him. I, it wasn't even an option back then. Um, back then, Dr. J would, he was kind of uh, uh, kind of one man show. So, um, you know, there was no kind of like, I didn't know that it would be an option, but we built a relationship. And over time, he kind of got a sense that I was passionate about this and, you know, knew a few things. And so, yeah, um, we actually joked that I could start uh, conducting these consults myself. And I thought it was totally a joke, but later on we had a conversation about it and I started doing them and yeah, rest is history. Yeah. And with a background that's detail oriented, um, and a analytical in nature, um, you're set up for this sort of data crunching, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, by training or schooling, I'm an electrical engineer in computer science. Um, uh, I worked in that area and then I went to law school to become a patent uh, attorney and uh, work in the, uh, you know, Silicon Valley high tech industry. So that's kind of a parallel um, uh, career. But you're right. I mean, I'm detail oriented. I'm kind of like OCD, um, really diligent. But yeah, from from a very early age, I've always been interested in uh, fitness and 
and kind of the science behind it. And of course, back then, you know, I started lifting when I was in my early teens, but back then there's just, just as a civilization, we didn't have the understanding that we do now. And even if you did, I mean, where are you going to find that information? Like the local library, right? So now with the advent of the internet, it's, it's um, amazing how everything's kind of um, opened up. Yeah, now you're now you're in there peeking at people's deoxy deoxyribonucleic acid and then <laughs> making that a thing. Uh, it, it's it's super fascinating, and I and I want to be clear to set the stage for people. So, so you know what we will do, sort of in the second half of this episode, is talk about my specific twenty three and Me data, and there are some places where you can. Um, get coaching and consulting, um, but you know, under the tutelage of of Dr. Anthony J, learning how to look at these genetic markers, and 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 give specific actionable advice to prevent uh, to to prevent Alzheimer's or to make sure that you don't get gout or to um, figure out how important um, you know sleep uh, and stuff. And we're going to get all into that, um, you know, but being able to submit, which, which I've done is submit the 23 andme data. And you can also submit your ancestry.com data to you guys. And then you look at all of them. Um, you look at all of, all of the, all of the markers that are, that are tested there. And then you come up with, um, specific supplements, um, fasting protocols and, and these sorts of things to help, um, help work with, the, our genetic markers. It's, it's super fascinating, super fascinating work. And I'm excited to, to get into it. My, my sort of first question is, which is painfully obvious. So I'm sorry to even ask it, but why should, why should people do this? Why should they get their 23andMe data or their ancestry.com data and send it to you for analysis? Why is it important? Oh yeah. So no, that's a great question. And there are actually many answers to that. So, um, I think that, uh, so for instance, let's say a, a particular uh, drug or, you know, pharmaceutical um, compound is, is uh, prescribed to you. Well, a lot of times that's based on, let's say, uh, a study over so many people and they found that it's effective in 40% of the people. That doesn't mean that you're in that 40%. You know, a lot of these suggestions are... Um, for the people who fall under the uh, the bell curve, you, you you may not necessarily be within that first standard of deviation. For instance, I think it makes a lot more sense to address, seek out your personal user manual for your body, and figure out what you know. Um, you know, kind of going back to what you said earlier about practical um, steps. Um, let me segue back to that real quick and say. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So a lot of people don't want to know about their DNA because they think, well, it's kind of like the blueprint. I don't, you know, my fate is locked. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to know how this thing ends or what disease I'm going to get or whatever. That's not really how it is. I mean, your your DNA basically tells you what your predispositions are and kind of, you know, which which way your your risks are increased you know if you're more towards the risk of alzheimer's or breast cancer or, or whatever doesn't mean you're going to automatically um, fall into those um, ailments um, now especially if you're aware of them then you can try to do your best to steer away from those problems so if you don't know that you have some problem with zinc or um, some problem with let's say vitamin d receptors 
or conversion of forms of vitamin D or something like that, you stand no chance to, I mean, not that you don't stand a chance to survive. That's not what I mean to imply, but you don't, you, there's no way that you can, um, know that you might have a vitamin D issue. Even if you do blood work, just because your blood work, let's say with vitamin D shows you at a certain level, uh, that's not telling you what's happening at the receptors. That's not telling you what's happening with the active form of vitamin D. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just using examples, particular specific examples to try to make my point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, if we have the technology now to take a lot, uh, much more sophisticated approach to your health and performance. So, um, the other thing that I'll, I'll say is, you know, it's kind of mind blowing that we can even do that, you know, just not so long ago, um, this wasn't even publicly available or it was, you know, it would have costed you like $10,000 or something. And before that, I think the first human ge genome cost something like a billion dollars, uh, to sequence. Um, and before that they couldn't even do it at all. So sometimes I think about, you know, all right, well, you know, you, you have to spend a few hundred dollars to get your, uh, sequencing plus, um, well in total with, with a consult like this, but you know, kings and queens or like Egyptian pharaohs would have like decimated entire entire villages or civilizations just to get their hands on like maybe one gene, right? Yeah, right. And now now it's a few hundred bucks and, and, and you've got all that information. Yeah, that does that does put it into context, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean this this for me falls into the category, you know, when it comes to optimal performance and living living your best life. You, there are certain fundamental things that we can do that we can be made aware of at a pretty nominal cost that that can change our how long we live, how quali how quality our life is, how to stay healthy and happy and rested and have a really high, not only high quality of life but an optimal life. And at at this at this level. For this much detail, because the 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 thirteen page document that I received from you that that looks over um, my results and the suggestions therein um, is is so comprehensive. It's this is the type of thing that everyone should do. Um, are you seeing more like what's the average age of people who are interested in this sort of consulting? Do you have any idea? You know, um, for me, it's been sort of um, middle-aged. Well, it depends on what your definition of middle-aged is. But um, let's say 30s and up, but definitely dip into the 20s, even sometimes um, the teens and once in a while uh, people's children just because they want to know um, what predispositions they have or, you know, what sorts of deficiencies their children may have. And so then you can design their diet around that. Um, I think there's a lot going on with children in terms of, you know, behavioral issues and all that stuff. And a lot of it stems from, you know, like a neurotransmitter deficiency or, or whatever. Right. And so instead of barking up the wrong tree, um, you know, parents are kind of getting a little bit more sophisticated about that. But I think, you know, the people who, who, uh, usually, uh, the, the people that I speak with, they're, they're, uh, it's not like they randomly stumbled into this consult, right? There are people who listen to podcasts who are on the ball, who are, um, somewhat knowledgeable at least. And so those people tend to be in their twenties or thirties and up. Um, 
and already kind of making moves and just trying to fine tune um, their their health and, and, and performance. If it's going to, if there's something that you can change now and to make a, an adjustment to your, to your lifestyle in order for you to not develop Alzheimer's, man, oh man, how, I mean, how much is that worth? Yeah. I mean, going back to what we were, you know, your, your initial question out of the gates was why, why do this? And another answer is, I mean, just purely financial, um, slash, you know, like life, um, lifestyle or like kind of, uh, just think about if you, if you dodge Alzheimer's or you dodge, uh, cancer, you dodge any of these things, you know, down the line. I mean, think about the hospital bills, think about the, the experience of, you know, being in the hospital and your, you know, loved ones around you. I mean, it's mind blowing. Right. Um, and, and in, I can actually kind of like, let's take out the, uh, that drama from it and just kind of zoom in on like supplements. Right. So you might find that you're wasting a bunch of money on supplements where, you know, you may not have the gene that makes you a higher responder to resveratrol, or you may have the gene that makes you a high uh, responder to metformin. Um, so you might be wasting a bunch of money um, on certain supplements. Meanwhile, you should have been reallocating those funds towards particular supplements that you didn't know you needed. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is, it is a, it is a strategic uh, optimization approach, you know, with, with, um, at natural stacks, you know, we make a, um, uh, neurotransmitter support products, you know, GABA, GABA brain food, serotonin brain food, acetylcholine brain food, dopamine brain food, because if you need a little bit, if you need some support from natural, natural, um, sources and ingredients, open sourced, and third-party lab tested because you need a little extra dopamine. You, your your brain wants to create more of it, and you're you know you're deficient in it. Then there's something you can do about it, and that's a really excellent point. You know, if you're taking some generic ass multivitamin um, that's got a bunch of weird stuff in it, um, you think it's doing you uh, a bunch of good, and when in actuality it's screwing with you and inflaming your gut and giving you problems. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of GABA, we'll talk about that with you. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not sure if you've been uh, uh, experimenting that or, or using that, but um, yeah, there's some reason for you to try that, and maybe you have, and you've noticed the um, benefit from it. And to your other point about multivitamins, we'll talk about that a little bit as well um, with respect to actually folate, like you kind of mentioned earlier as well as vitamin E so if you if you get a, a you know your generic multivitamin they usually shove the uh, less um, preferable or sometimes not preferable versions of, of these um, so for instance vitamin E there are eight different forms and um, I, I bet you that you're you're taking on the 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 cheaper form um, because you basically have to like uh, pursue the the superior form with like laser focus to find it in a product, um, and there's some reasons behind that which we can get into later. Yeah, it's man, it's so fascinating. Um, for for your clients that you work with, um, can you tell us a story or two? Um, and hopefully, people follow up with you after they make major changes in their life and become happier and healthier after your, you know, coaching session and consult. But can you can you tell us a story of someone who 
um, did a cons- did a consult with you, got some coaching around some changes that they need to make, and and it just uh, it totally improved their life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of them is um, around actually understanding um, their sex hormone status and not realizing that that was even something to be looking at. Um, we we uncovered that hey, you've got these issues going on with uh, testosterone um, and some of the other sex hormones. It was just kind of a, a collection of things kind of working against them. And then looking at the blood work, it kind of it confirmed that as well. So basically, um, he had uh, low testosterone and and total testosterone. And then um, of, of that, the free testosterone was a, a low percentage. And free testosterone is what really matters, right? Um, and we'll talk about that with re- respect to you as well. But uh, so there were some things that were working against him. Um, and we confirmed it in the blood work, right? So, I mean, your genetics are showing this way. It's showing that you're, you're, you're just hardwired to, to be this way. Um, your blood work is, is confirming it. And then in terms of symptomology, um, the, his, his symptoms were kind of in, in accordance with that um, – you know, the DNA and, and the blood work. And so in his case, it actually made sense for him to pursue uh, testosterone replacement therapy. Mm. And yeah, I mean, he's feeling much better now. Uh, I think, you know, so, so there could be some uh, stigma around TRT just because, you know, when you mention the word testosterone, people kind of, you know, tense up. Ooh, <laughs> but, ooh he said it. Yeah. But, you know, we're not talking about, you know, the stuff that you go to the gym and there's this, you know, big bodybuilder guy with his fanny pack trying to sell you stuff out of the fanny pack. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about here. (laughs) And look, if that's what you're about, that's your business. That's, you know, I, you know, live your life. But um, what we're talking about is uh, bioidentical testosterone. And some people are, you know, they're in a position where it's actually, um, less responsible for them not to take it. I mean, it's basically responsible Mm -hmm. and healthy for them to then um, supplement with uh, testosterone or kind of balance those things out. Um, And so, yeah, he's feeling great. He's got way more energy, um, more jazzed about life, doing well um, physique-wise. I'm not saying that this is the case for everyone, but this is how we uncovered this issue. Well, I mean, uh, wisdom is great but it doesn't mean shit unless you activate on it and change make the changes to your life and lifestyle that will that will you know let you live more optimal um how about the flip side of the coin um have you had any um have you had any coaching sessions going over this with people where they're where they have some sort of awareness or remember an um a grandmother or an auntie who had um, you know, some, some thyroid thing that they also have, like the, is any, any stories there where people just had like really, really big impacts emotionally from this? Oh yeah. All the time, all the time. I mean, so what you'll usually see is that, uh, a a particular family, they have sort of like a, I don't want to say a closed circuit of, of genetics, but they're, they are within a uh, their genetics are within their universe right it makes sense that they're that's their family so you you will see if you do the consults for family members that the same sort of genes pop up not obviously exactly the same and sometimes not 
um, you know, the same strength of that gene, but you'll see kind of recurring themes. And especially in the case where you see, let's say, a bunch of diabetes genes popping up. Well, if I'm seeing 10 different diabetes genes popping up, and there are, um, we'll talk about this, the strength of them, but they're on the stronger side, um, it just it stands to reason that their parents have it and prob- probably their siblings. And then you ask about, you know, is there diabetes in your family or Alzheimer's in your family? And, you know, usually the answer is yes. Um, but what conflates that, to be honest, is what's actually kind of a funny thing, or I don't know if it's funny now that I think about it, it's a little dark, but often the people that I'm talking with, like I said, you don't just, you know, randomly find yourself in this consult. You're probably health conscious, right? Meanwhile, your family may not be. So a lot of times I'll say, well, you've got these diabetes genes, um, but, you know, they have no symptoms. Meanwhile, their whole family does. Right. You know, so what does that tell you? Right. right? You know, the rest of the family is living the kind of um, standard lifestyle, the standard American diet. And um, that's kind of one of those examples going back to what I was saying, where it's not really a blueprint of what's automatically going to happen to you. But if you're going to eat, you know, McDonald's and Pop-Tarts all day and just watch, you know, sit on a couch and watch Netflix, well, you know, um, sometimes your genetics are stacked against you. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, to, to speaking of the family, I know that obviously Dr. J has done that with, with, for his kids, um, which, you know, it looks like, looks like I'm going to be doing the same thing here in a minute. I've got two, two small kids and, uh, my wife should do it as well so that we can know, um, you know, one, one thing I, I can't help but ask it, uh, you know, in, 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 conspiratorial fields of uh, shenanigans, some folks get a little paranoid about um, submitting DNA data that it's being kept in some bank um, underground lair somewhere where a villain is, is, you know, (laughs) rubbing his hands together because he knows that you have the CYP1B1L432V-RS gene. Um, uh, do you it's not fair question to ask but do you do you know anything or do you have a thought on on how or if this genetic data may ever be like used used for nefarious means yeah no i mean definitely i mean who really knows right but um for instance i think i think one of the more realistic problems would be that um, and, and right now, this isn't the case, but this could change. The laws could change that the uh, insurance companies could get their hands on your genetic data mm. and then figure out what your predispositions are. And then as a result, they can um, draft like custom policies based on your um, risks. Right? right. So that's a real issue. Um, another one. I mean, we're getting a little bit more um, fiction here, but uh, maybe some sort of virus can be designed that only zeroes in on people that have these particular genetics, you know, so right, like it's right. looking for this particular fingerprint. Um, but, you know, more realistically, I mean, what I would say is, um, to me, the, the math for me is that I get way more out of learning about my own genetics versus that, you know, the risk of kind of these, um, big brother type type things. Yeah. Um, 
and also look if someone wanted to if if someone wanted to zero in on you it wouldn't be hard right they just need to get your genetic material somewhere right and so if like i mean if it's like you know nsa fbi type of operation you're hosed anyways <laughs> yeah right i mean they've got my face they've got all the things that i've all the meals i've posted on you know Instagram. Yeah. i mean yeah it, it, i i've I'm with you. Uh, I think knowledge knowledge sort of trumps um, tinfoil hot conspiracies around well, eugenics. You know. Yeah, my my recommendation would be though, um, you can sign up with a pseudonym, like a you know a fake name. Oh yeah. And if you wanted to, you could kind of use some sort of anonymized payment, like a burner credit card or someone else's credit card, or like a PayPal. Um, and then ship it to some random address where it's just totally disconnected from you. Yeah. Um, Dr. J also provides, I mean, it's not an extra fee because it's like a lot of extra steps. But um, for instance, he'll do this for entire sports teams where they want to run the genetics for the entire um, group. They'll, he'll he'll purchase like 50, you know, kits and they'll send it to, a, to, to him and then he'll disperse it from there. So it'll be like kit number one, kit number two, kit number three, <laughs> yeah. no name associated with it. That being said, what I should say though is, I mean, you might've heard in the news that they're, they're finding, um, criminals like, like these cold cases that have been cracked for 30 years, um, not based on the, on the criminal or like murderers, uh, DNA, but based on family members so they'll they'll pick up like some blood at the scene of the crime or whatever and then they'll see that these particular people like this aunt and this um cousin or whatever kind of match the dna and then they can start zeroing in um and just like i said you know when you log into 23andme and ancestry.com it's kind of mind-blowing because it'll say we think this is your aunt and i'm like yeah it is my aunt (laughs) (laughs) yeah right yeah so you're only hiding so much. I mean, it's just kind of like a matter of time. Well, and I'm all for using uh, genetic um, information, DNA information to catch bad guys. I mean, that's that's a that's an upside, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like with any new technology, it could be used for good or for bad. Mm-hmm. Um, when electric electricity was being introduced, um, one of the stories, if I if I'm not mistaken, is that the whole reason we have the um, you know, we death by electrocution was sort of this campaign to scare people from electricity. <laughs> so, Whoa, weird. Yeah, and like the things that electricity could bring to us, because that's actually a pretty uh, crazy way to to kill someone, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah. So what, anyway, what what one thing that that just because I'd like to get into my stuff, um, because and and what I will do is I will post, um, I will post my lab results so that as you're watching this, maybe I should say, I'll say this in the pre-read. If you want to follow along and look up my skirt and see all of my DNA, um, and and how this document reads, um, that'll be posted, um, and I'll send a link and tell you every, where where to find that so you guys can follow along with this because this is, um, this is. This is fascinating stuff. Um, so let's let's do it. Let's let's jump into this document. Uh, and for context too, and, and maybe this wasn't relevant or, or stated earlier. So I sent twenty three and Me, my 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 full twenty three and Me data over to Cena, and I also sent uh, blood work from twelve months ago. 
So he had both of those things to look at. I did not do the Ancestry.com, which Sina explained to me does a, a more comprehensive job, sort of like covering Venn diagram areas, some stuff that, that 23andMe doesn't do, Ancestry.com does do. So I didn't send that, but based on my 20, 23andMe data and um, and those those labs from a year ago, um, it's really, it's broke. It's, it's, it's way more digestible than I thought it would be. Thank God for that. Because as I was looking at this, I was like, Oh, brain optimization genes. Yeah, that sounds great. And then scrolling through these codes, um, they're categorized into different areas. So let's, let's, let's run through some of these, um, for me. And then, you know, as you're, as you're describing them, um, how maybe some of these variations um, might apply to other people if if they are able to pull theirs from their 23andMe, how, how it will help them too. Yeah, absolutely. And one, one quick point of clarification. So um, 23andMe actually does a pretty good job. Um, they sequence a little bit less of, of the overall um, DNA than Ancestry.com does, even though they have a pretty good, like you're saying, a Venn diagram overlap. Um, that being said, um, uh, 23 and me actually, you know, the, the portions that they do sequence are arguably in a way more interesting. So I'm not saying it's better or worse, but, um, even though it covers less ground, it kind of covers more interest, interesting ground. And, um, notably only, uh, just, there's a silly situation where only 23 and me is licensed to sequence your APOE or a- APOE gene, which, um, I think that gene in itself is, kind of worth the whole thing uh it, it, it's related to your predisposition to uh, alzheimer's so mm-hmm. um you did 23 and me and that didn't pop up here uh because it's uh you you had a variant that that we're not really worried about but um you know just to uh highlight the the value of 23 and me over ancestry but you could do both if you really want to be more comprehensive cool yeah yeah so yeah so with that form um if you can pop over to the second page where it starts with the first category of brain optimization genes. Yeah. You see that? Okay, cool. So how about I set the table a little bit so that you understand the you know the layout and the syntax of this thing, um, as well as anyone who's following along. So first um, subcategory there is Alzheimer's, brain performance, and cholesterol, right? And then you'll see other um, uh, categories underneath there. Um, some of them are, are empty and that's because nothing that could have popped up popped up for you. So that's good news. Um, that's why some of them are, are empty, but looking at the first one there that says CETP. Uh-huh. So we actually, uh, I'll refer to the, that, ac- that type of acronym most of the time it's in, in that case, it's an abbreviation for cholesterol ester transfer protein which is a mouthful and and that that one's actually not even that bad right so i'll just be referring to uh the short form most of the time um what follows that is the rs5882 rs stands for reference snip and snips are basically how the scientific community has like tagged and serialized your um our genes so um that's a that's a standardization so if you were to drop that into Google and search it, this gene would actually pop up. Oh, could, cool. Yeah. So, for instance, if you wanted to, you could do more homework on it. So that's why that's not just random gibberish. That's like the tag for for that gene. Got it. And then most importantly to the left there where it says plus plus. So um, 
as you know, you receive your, you inherit your DNA from your uh, mother and father. Um, you receive one uh, piece of it from each. So, for instance, say your, um, say your mother was a plus plus and your father was a plus plus as well, then you have no option but to also become a plus plus. Hmm. For instance, um, same story with you know minus minuses, um, just in the reverse. It gets a little bit more interesting if any of your parents were a plus minus. Um, then we wouldn't really, we couldn't be sure depending on the on the combination. It's like a Punnett square if you recall in like eighth grade or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so you know, in this case, we can deduce on this one that your mother and father each at least had one plus, for instance. Got it. And the, and what the plus means is the way we've polarized the zygosity. Okay, I was gonna say zygosity so so you're homozygous for this meaning they're the they're both the same the plus minuses are heterozygous you don't have to remember those terms but if you you know read up on on genetics you'll you'll see those and that's what that means um uh what was gonna say oh yeah yeah so so the plus the way we've polarized this is that pluses mean you're stronger for this gene so if you're plus plus you're strongest if you're plus minus, you're, you've, you've got um, one version of it, um, and we're not always entirely sure how it's going to play out in your body. Got it. Um, so the plus pluses are usually not optimal. You know, they're not desirable. Um, so you'll see a bunch of plus pluses throughout this report. Sweet. But, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, but man. But don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but you know the. The, the reality is that we're not showing you all, you know, the, the sea of minus minuses, right. you know, cause we don't care, you know, right. we only care about the stuff that, that is, is to be highlighted. So, and, and, and there are some cases where the plus pluses don't necessarily mean a good or bad thing. Like whether you're like a fast twitch or slow twitch muscle fiber type, that's not a good or bad thing. It's just what it is. Right. And I'll mention those when we get to them, but yeah, usually the pluses are, are, um, not desirable. Got it. So, Got it. Right, because everything that's on here is is stuff that you need to watch out for. Right, right. right. And just one other little detail, if anyone starts um, looking into things a little, little bit deeper, as as most people know, you know, the DNA structure is this double helix, um, and there are A's and T's and G's and C's. So if you looked up this particular gene for you, if you looked at the raw data, you'd see those letters. We kind of we don't care about those letters. We just care about the strength and so we kind of simplify it with the pluses and minus so um yeah so that's pretty much it got it jump right into this one so like i said um 23 and me does a apoe but it's not shown here that means you're okay on that one um i just mentioned that because that's a gene that people are, you know looking into genetics they hear about that one often this first one here though um it's a higher risk of Alzheimer's, but um, if you keep your triglycerides low, then you will um, you'll be in much better shape. And uh, I thought uh, I thought we had your triglycerides in the in the uh, blood work. Yeah, yeah, your triglycerides are really low, so that's awesome. Cool. Good. So I'm not worried about about you. And by the way, when it comes to cholesterol, there's this big you know lots of um, disagreements and controversies, but I think most of the sides agree that high triglycerides are bad for you. So yeah, um, right. kudos to you for keeping that low. Well, it's ironic because I I've been eating you know um, eighty twenty keto, um, so lots and lots of fat, lots and lots and lots of cholesterol for the last three or four years. 
So um, interesting. Yeah, it doesn't pop up. That's good. That's cool. Well, well, yeah. I mean, part of the uh, misunderstanding is that like people are avoiding um, egg yolks because they have cholesterol. But that's not how it works. Just right. Because cholesterol, dietary cholesterol doesn't mean your blood cholesterol goes up. Right. Um, triglycerides, even though they're fats in the blood, um, are actually usually increased by sugar consumption, not fat consumption. Right. And your LDL is high, but that's probably because you're a keto guy. And usually LDL will go up with keto and, you know, they'll set off alarm bells for certain people who aren't really that um, knowledgeable about that, but it's fine for you. Yeah. Not worried. Anyway, okay. So moving on to the next one, um, the BDNF, which stands for brain-derived neurotropic factor. You may have heard that before. Yep. Um, some some scientists call it miracle grow for the brain because if you uh, if you add BDNF to like a, uh, a petri dish of, of cells, they'll they'll start to grow <laughs> more. Cool. Uh, and it's really protective in the brain, and, and you know really important to increase your BDNF. Um, best way to do that is exercise, and you're doing that. So not too worried. If you want to learn more about it, um, there's that link there, the selfhack.com uh, link that Dr. J is actually a scientific advisor for and high, holds them in pretty high um, regard um, in terms of like the, the team behind that website. So that's a pretty good website to to um, click around on. Yeah, yeah, we've had Joe Cohen on as a guest uh, previously. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Oh, I'll look that up. Curious to um, <clears throat> uh, listen to that one. So, so let, um, me, let me highlight that really quickly because um, I think it's important for people that are not looking at that to, to say. So so under the category Alzheimer's brain performance and BDNF, I'm a plus minus BDNF dash some other letters. And then it says utilize endurance exercise to increase BDNF. If you're unable to perform endurance exercise, supplement curcumin as a preventative measure for brain optimization probably one month on, one month off, extra info related to BNF, colon. And then it's this link to selfhack.com. Uh, with the blog, with a comprehensive list of natural ways to increase BDNF. So just so people understand how freaking actionable this is, it's like, oh, you should work out more to protect, uh, to increase your BDNF. If you don't, you should definitely do curcumin. Oh, and here's more information. So I think it's important. I just wanted to highlight that, that it's like, here's where you can learn more and uh, what you can do about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, good call. Um yeah, so then moving on to the next one, still under Alzheimer's, um, this time the sub subpart like inflammation. Uh, your plus minus for this um, TREM2 gene, uh, which basically gives you a twofold increased risk of Alzheimer's if you have chronic low-grade inflammation. Um, we unfortunately don't have your like high sensitive high sensitivity uh, C-reactive protein numbers or homocysteine in your blood work. Um, but that shouldn't be hard to get. I would recommend, um, keeping an eye on that for a guy like you. I'm, I'm going to assume it's not bad being that you're keto and probably, you know, careful with how you're eating. But you know, the point of doing blood work is I don't have to assume, right? That's why you would actually right. check on it. So I would, I would add that. And, um, I actually have a pretty, what I would call comprehensive, um, blood work list that I've been developing over the years um, because I'll come across different providers who say that that they have comprehensive solutions and they're kind of like always a subset and so I, I basically had to make my own for myself and then it started branching out to friends and family and, and, and now clients so cool. I'm happy to send that over you can you know order all that stuff or choose from it if yeah, you like please do because uh, again like 
there are sir, there are there are companies, and we've actually had um, um, blood testing companies on the podcast before too. You know, you you can get a lot of panels done for a couple hundred bucks out of pocket and to really understand all of your blood work. And for most, I think most people, they go into their doctor and say, Hey, I want to do some blood work. And the person's like, well, and the doc says, well, why would you want to do that? Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know why that person sounds like Papa bear from the Berenstein bears, but, <laughs> but like that, that, that's sort of like, well, why, why would you want to know that you have to know what to ask for? So Yes, having having a greater awareness of what we should be asking for that's really relevant for for uh, performance is is great. Yeah, well, he probably sounds like that because he's pretty old school. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and what's really frustrating is that you know, to your point, um, some doctors really push back when you request blood work, which blows my mind. Yeah. Well, there are reasons for it. I mean, there's insurance reasons and basically reasons that are not putting you. Um, you know, they're not for your benefit. So um, I highly recommend um, pushing for more comprehensive blood work where you can. If not, you can conduct that outside of, of your doctor and insurance, which is, you know, kind of annoying that you have to do that, but at least you can. And like you say, there are companies that um, provide that. I have, uh, I formed a relationship with a particular doctor who's willing to write um, those scripts for, for people. I get nothing out of it. I'm just kind of mentioning this as another route if people wanted to do it. And, you know, what's important is, number one, like you say, people don't people want to do it, but they don't really know what to test. So right. this form helps with that. And then number two, there are some tricks to it. Like, for instance, um, for men, if you, um, your men's estrogen levels are actually pretty important. Um, but the test that's commonly used for women is not really accurate for men because men's estradiol levels are lower. So you need to use a particular version of it. Um, same, same sort of story with, for, uh, for instance, free testosterone. Why would you use the kind of like this blunt tool when you could use this like laser tool and really, um, get after it? So anyway, yeah, that's the story of the blood work. All right. So uh, next one, uh, your plus plus for this clustering gene here. Um, again, another um, increased risk of Alzheimer's unless you regularly intermittent fast, which you do, right? Yeah, every day. Awesome. Yeah. So it's it's involved in clearing debris and, and garbage that builds up in the brain. And as you probably know, that's involved with uh, causing Alzheimer's. That's why also sleeping well is important on all that stuff to allow the uh, basically like the... Uh, the cleaning crew or the the garbage trucks to come through the city and clear out um, the the waste that's built up in your brain throughout the day. Yeah. Okay, and then getting to the the last stretches of Alzheimer's here, um, your plus plus for, the, for this FOXO3 gene, you're seeing two um, instances of it. There's a two and a three. That's just because they're different positions on the gene, um, kind of like different potholes, if you will. But here's the funny thing. This actually confers increased lifespan because your brain, believe it or not, deals better with um, with carbs than normal. <laughs> so oh, don't tell me that, Cena. No, I'm sorry. Well, that doesn't mean that doesn't. I mean, the life is complicated, right? Just because your brain deals with it better doesn't mean that the rest of your body does, right? So, right, right. Uh, it doesn't doesn't mean that I need to go eat a bunch of French fries. Right, exactly. Or so bread. just that's why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, now moving on to the stress category. Your plus plus for this for the uh, oxytocin receptor gene. Hmm. 
And so if you've, you've probably heard of oxytocin, it's sometimes referred to as the love gene, or sorry, love hormone or hug hormone because it's um, released during um, those times and increases trust with the person. It's also related to your empathy, but also um, how you handle stress. So um, I'm not saying that like you're going to be a, a basket case or like you have no empathy or whatever, but you have um, your your oxytocin receptor is not um, functioning as efficiently as others might. Um, so take a look at that selfhack.com article uh, link that's there for anyone who's following along. You can probably just search it. Um, to see how you can increase your oxytocin. Well, uh, the notation underneath the OXTR2++ uh, gene says, if you struggle with stress before a stressful situations, dark chocolate should help, along with many <laughs> other things listed on self-hacked, blah, 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 with the link. So it's like that, I, I, I that does sound like me. I do like dark chocolate sometimes. <laughs> and, and when I get stressed, I, I actually do crave it. So um, again, like it's actionable. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge fan of straight cacao. Um, has a lot of uh, good stuff, neurotransmitters. Um, and in fact, uh, my understanding is that women actually during certain parts of the month are um, drawn to chocolate. Uh, not for chocolate, but their bodies have only ever seen milk chocolate, right? Right. But what they're really looking for is the cacao and um, sort of during certain parts of the month, they're deficient in some of the neurotransmitters in cacao. So um, you can skip all the sugar and whatever if you want to go straight to cacao. It's kind of a uh, – um, it's a taste. It's an acquired taste, but yeah. I, I eat it straight now. But I do not recommend trying that first time because you'll you just be grossed out. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Ramp up. Go from, go from a Hershey's milk chocolate bar to like a 50% dark chocolate uh, and then work your way up to 75 and 85. I, I, my sweet spot is sort of – pun intended – is like 85, 85% <laughs> dark chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Or mix it with like uh, uh, cacao nibs with like walnuts or something, like yeah. a handful like that. Well, anyway, so yeah, moving on to the um, related to stress, stress, anxiety, um, your plus plus for this tryptophan hydroxylase 2 gene here, but 60% of people have this gene issue, so not terribly uncommon. Um, it's related to decreased serotonin transport in your brain. So you'll want to do things, you might want to think about doing things that um, promote uh, serotonin. And as you can see in the recommendation there, supplementing GABA, like we were kind of, I was alluding to earlier, and L-tryptophan may be helpful. So maybe play around with that. Yeah. Um, as, as well as some of the, you know, um, St. John's Ward is recommended there and 5-HTP. So um, yeah. yeah, maybe play with that, see what happens. Then, um, Next up is caffeine metabolism, that you're plus plus for the CYP1A2 gene. What that means is your body actually metabolizes caffeine more quickly, meaning it eliminates it out of your body more quickly. Um, so in your case, caffeine in your body has something like a four-hour half-life. And just to give you an example of how that works out, say you had a cup of coffee at 8 a.m., well, four hours later at noon, 50% of that caffeine's still in you. Um, 4 p.m., it's it's that divided in half again or divided by two. So it's at uh, 25%. 
Um, and then eight, 8 PM you're at 12 and a half percent. And then at midnight you're at like 6%. If I got that right. Um, versus, uh, someone who has the other end of the spectrum of this gene where their caffeine half-life, uh, metabolism half-life is eight hours. Let's run through the example with that person, uh, cup of coffee at 8 AM. Well, by 4 PM, it's 50%. And then by uh, midnight, it's 25%. So for that person, it's like at midnight, they decided to drink a, a quarter cup of coffee and then go right to bed. Right. Which obviously is going to inhibit your your delta wave, deep sleep, and your REM sleep and all that stuff. So, yeah. And guess what? You know, like who's only having one cup of coffee at 8 a.m.? Most people are, you know, triple shots, whatever, at right. 2 p.m. Right, right. So, so uh, heads up there um, for someone like you, which you know I'm jealous of you for for having this because you can kind of um, more laser focus your caffeine into certain um, windows. Um, you might think about trying theocrine or theocrine. I'm not sure how it's really pronounced, but it's a caffeine analog. It lasts two times longer with kind of less of a jitteriness or like a more of a smooth high so someone like you who who metabolizes caffeine more quickly probably um guessing um also do so with the theocrine and it might balance out for you interesting okay cool yeah yeah i mean, look up uh look up a, a product that has only a theocrine not mixed with caffeine so you can be sure that you know you can experiment with that okay um so getting into lifespan here um are you familiar with uh telomeres or telomeres yeah Okay. Yeah. So just the, the quick, the short, um, description is that they're the end caps to your DNA and they're kind of like the example, the analogy people always give is it's like your shoelaces and with the, uh, eyelids or whatever they're called, the, the plastic ends start to get frayed. And as it gets frayed, it, it kind of, uh, corresponds with you aging. So you want to protect those shoelaces essentially from becoming shorter. Um, for you, uh, zinc is actually important to supplement with. So make sure you're getting, um, um, a good amount of zinc. Um, because in this case, it'll, it'll, um, protect, um, for the, it, it's related to this particular gene. There are other tel telomere or telomere genes, but in this case, zinc is, uh, helpful. Uh, another one, by the way, just kind of side note, epi, epitalin, I think it's pronounced as a peptide that apparently has been found to, uh, do pretty good in terms of uh, protecting your telomeres or lengthening them even. Um, One, but I think it's on the WADA's performance list as well. So if you're like going to the Olympics. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, I actually, yeah, I'm doing Tour de France <laughs> this year. Sorry, I can't. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, One thing that I want to note, so these are categorized, right? So this is still all under the f original category of brain optimization genes, Alzheimer's going down to like the caffeine stuff. And then this category is underneath lifespan um, for the, the MYNN gene and it says supplement zinc. It also says priority. Um, and that's the first time that we've seen this in this document. Um, it's in brackets before supplement zinc. Does that, I mean, is that just self-explanatory that, that this is, even though it's a plus minus, it says priority. Is this just because it's about longevity or is it because this is a, a serious thing? Yeah. Um, these, the, the priorities included there by Dr. J, um, I think 
I think for sure. I, I I'm not actually entirely sure how he how he arrives at at which ones to tag as priority. You'll you'll notice that throughout. It might um, be based on the fact, like you say, it's lifespan, but also maybe based on the fact that it's a uh, uh, low hanging fruit. You know. Yeah. Um, versus something like you know oxytocin. Mm. I mean. You know, some of these genes are they're like, okay, I guess I could do something, but there's not too much to do. But that one's pretty actionable. Right. Um, and I think that's maybe why. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So moving on to the next main uh, chapter here, number two, diet optimization genes. Nothing for dairy popped up for you, um, but it does for some people. Um, some people will have casein or or lactose um, issues, and casein is the, the protein, and lactose is the the sugar. Um, knowing the difference is is helpful, I think, for some people because based on that, you can go after certain, you can eat certain um, dairy and and not others, right? So, knowing knowing like, oh, I can do cheese, but I can't do milk because it's too high in lactose, for instance. Got it. Um, so just FYI for other people. Um, there's processed meats, nothing popped up for you, but for some people, um, avoiding kind of the, the cheaper meats um, is important for avoiding colon cancer. Um, but what did pop up for you is this one type one diabetes gene, which not a big, not a super huge deal. You're only plus minus for it. Um, as you probably know, type one diabetes is the one where it's kind of more hard coded in you um, in terms of producing insulin or not being able to, as well. Um, if things are looking good, then then don't worry about it. Um, you're probably okay. But um, more interestingly, you have a few type two diabetes genes, and type two is more so as a result of. Um, lifestyle like civilizations disease sort of thing where um, if you just you know you you ate uh, responsibly and behaved responsibly then then you could likely you will probably likely dodge it right so I think the takeaway is is for for type 2 in general it's sugar management but here um, based on your specific genes um, we can get into why each what to do for each yeah um, so the first one, your plus plus for the HHEX uh, gene, which is a threefold increase risk um, for people eating the standard American diet, though. Um, it's an issue with nit nitric oxide um, production. And the best way to increase nitric oxide is exercise. So you're exercising. So, you know, kind of uh, that's been dealt with there. Yeah. Um, next one is the... Uh, your plus plus for the L this SLC gene. Um, again, zinc is 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 popping up again for you here. So zinc, I think, is like something to uh, and it's written priority over there too as well. Um, zinc is something to be paying attention to. Make sure you get your hundred percent of your daily value for it um, because you have this uh, zinc transporter issue. Um, so that's an easy fix. Then um, moving on to the the plus 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 that you are for the MC4R and also the other spot of the MC4R that you're plus minus on. Um, something like 90% of people have that first gene and the next one 50% of people have it. So don't um, kick yourself too much over it. Um, but intermittent fasting is helpful there. Um, it's related to um, timing regulation of eating. So if you wanted Oh, I'm sorry. You even have another MC4R gene there, so which 40% of people have. So, yeah, if you wanted any more uh, um, 
the reason to intermittent fast, here it is. Yeah. Now, um, moving on to the um, the next category, that's metformin. Are you familiar with metformin? Um, just on a service level. Yeah. So, um, metformin is really interesting because, well, it's it's a diabetes drug, but that's really a, uh, a misnomer because. Um, while it does lower blood sugar, it does a lot of other things. Um, so pigeonholing it to diabetes is unfortunate. And then calling it a drug is also unfortunate, um, because, uh, the way it was discovered is that these, that these, um, goats were living these really long lives and they were trying to figure out what's going on with these goats. They found that they're eating this French lilac plant that included um, the metformin or like a, or like a very similar molecule to, to metformin. And essentially what it does is push out all sorts of the main, um, diseases like heart disease and cancer, uh, cognitive decline, like Alzheimer's and dementia. It can push it out decades, literally. So, um, it's, it's really a longevity thing. Um, so it's it's not just diabetes and it's not necessarily a drug because it's just it's found in that plant. Um, I've been looking for side effects and negatives to this, and for the most part, there are none besides maybe you know little little things that aren't really a problem, not like the gross stuff that you find on a back of a pharmaceutical um, or in, you know like the you open that piece of paper that opens up like fifty ways and it's like six six. Um, size six font of a bunch of like ailments that can happen if you take this drug yeah metformin doesn't really have that so i recommend that um for for people and it's pretty cheap and and should be easy enough it needs to be prescribed but should be easy enough to be prescribed um especially if you can point at your diabetes genes here now after after having said all of that um your your genetics indicate that you're probably a poor responder to metformin. <laughs> so sorry to build you up and then oh, break sweet. you down. <laughs> but you could still try it and see um, if you, if you feel it has an effect. It can also, um, for instance, uh, lower your um, waist circumference and other things. You can kind of get a sense of if maybe it's working or it's not. But I want to spend a little bit of time on it because you know other audience members might be interested in it. Yeah. Um. Now, move, speaking of waist circumference, moving into the uh, obesity categories here, there's the FTO gene and then the um, adiponectin genes here. And what's really funny is this looked familiar to me, and then I pulled up my own genetics and found that, oddly enough, you and I have exactly the same um, signature of plus minus on that, on that FTO gene and then three three plus pluses on the adiponectin. Huh. It's just like exactly those snips. It was really weird. Huh. <laughs> so um, basically what's going on here, long story short, is your um, like the FTO gives you a twofold increased risk for obesity. Um, the adiponectin, it, it, that's a hormone that metabolizes sugar and fat. So having more is better in ter terms of metabolism. Um, and... Uh, that being said, this doesn't mean that you're hard-coded to be um, overweight necessarily. Um, like I said, I have a similar uh, signature here. And while I don't just kind of like walk around and happen to be super lean accidentally, I'm not one of those people. 
Um, if I focus and do the things you're supposed to do, I can get, get pretty lean. I can get pretty low body fat percentages. Um, um, my understanding with these genes in general are that if you were to walk into McDonald's and eat that for the next month, what is a supersize me or whatever that, um, documentary was, uh, and you were to walk in with your buddy who doesn't have these genes, you would blow up faster than he would. Um, but if you both stayed in your lanes and, and, and behaved, um, you'd, you'd be okay. Um, so hmm. basically the point here is you have less wiggle room to play with. Um, it's less forgiving for you and I versus, you know, you always see those people like, how does that person eat that way? And it's still lean. Well, that's your genetics. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Moving on to the, um, heart disease, lipids, cholesterol, um, segment, your plus plus for this LP, well, it's lipoprotein A gene, which gives you a threefold increased, um, risk for blood clots in your veins. Um, I, the good news is you're low on your triglycerides, right? So, um, that's important here. Like it, you know, mentioned there, um, vitamin B3 can, can help keep your triglycerides low and your LP little a low, but I'm not too worried about you, um, given your blood work, which is why it's really nice to have your blood work going into this. Yeah. Although I should mention, um, you don't necessarily need your blood work getting into this. Um, you could actually go and do specific, um, testing, knowing what your, your genetics look like. Um, all right. So next is the, uh, another heart disease related, um, gene, you're only plus minus for this and it's a fourfold increase for heart disease and, and plaques. Um, it's related to lectins. Are you familiar with oh, lectin? Oh, yeah. 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 So it's related to the health of the cell, um, lining and blood vessels and, um, lectins can, can be problematic potentially. So, um, the plant paradox book by Dr. Stephen Gundry is there if you want to learn more, but calcium CT scans are, are helpful. Um, watching your, uh, your inflammatory markers, like we mentioned before, the, uh, C reactive protein, homocysteine, and maybe even looking at your iron levels, um, might be helpful, but you only plus minus for this. And I didn't see too many other, um, heart disease issues with plaque. So I'm not super worried. Got it. But just heads up, yeah. Um, and then the last heart disease category under flavonoids, um, the, the CDK uh, gene. So CDK is basically a um, uh, causes inflammation in our bodies. It's needed, but if you have too much of it, um, that becomes an issue. So your CDK inhibiting genes are um, not performing as well as maybe they could be. The good news uh, to, to keep that CDK and inflammation down. The good news is that you can actually um, supplement with flavonoids, which flavonoids in, 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 um, in combination or, or also with carotenoids are what give fruits and vegetables colors. Mm. So I would recommend having um, colorful fruits and vegetables. I recommend vegetables over fruits just because of the uh, sugar payload of fruit, right? Um, yeah. And you can get you know so much more micronutrients elsewhere. The other thing you can you can do is supplement with grapeseed uh, proanthocyanidins. Um, you can see uh, on Dr. J's site um, recommended uh, brands for that, and it's a, not a bad thing to supplement with, anyways. 
Okay. That's that. Um, CRP blood level. So again, another reason to test your CRP because you're plus plus for this interleukin-6 receptor gene here, um, which can lead to 30% higher C-reactive protein levels. Um, so you want to keep an eye on that. My recommendation is to run your blood work and, and, and just take a look and then, you know, um, there's a self-hacked article or two there too. Yeah. So to more. Yeah. Cool. Um, how's your gut doing in terms of leaky gut and all that type of stuff and irritation? Um, my mom, my mom has, has had leaky gut and issues therein for a very long time. Mine, um, mine's fine. I, I might have a candida issue, um, that sort of, um, affects my skin sometimes, but, um, as far as leaky gut, I'm, I'm fine. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, um, there's a collection of leaky gut related, um, markers or genes here. Um, at the same time, like I say, the people that I talk with, they're usually kind of on the ball already and just kind of digging deeper. So, um, I hear often that they're doing okay, but, or, or, you know, their family members aren't, or they used to not do that well 10, 20 years ago, but now that they're kind of eating better, they've been okay. So you have a few here, um, that increase your likelihood, um, uh, like twofold, most of them are twofold. And so for instance, the first one is related to CDK, which the answer, we kind of covered that, um, in the, in the last one, the next one is, um, related to autophagy with is which is the cell recycling process. So intermittent fasting, another good reason to intermittent fast to allow your gut lining to, um, restore, um, the IBD5 that you're plus plus for, 70% chance of having the gene. So uh, pretty common. Um, the recommendation there is medicinal mushrooms, uh, cordyceps and reishi or similar. Uh, let's see. I'm just trying to zoom through these just so we can you know touch on them real quick. So um, this, this next one, the, the RTN4RL2 that you're plus plus for is actually barely studied. <laughs> so huh. not much, not much to talk about there, but intermittent fasting can help. Um, let's see. The CCR six is not really too significant, but kind of showing here, um, because you do have other leaky gut issues. Um, there's not much to do there. And then the last one there, the five P 13, um, literally the note here that I have is that nothing is understood about this gene, but it increases your <laughs> risk of various leaky gut issue by twofold. Huh. Um, so that's like one of the only times that we'll say, you've got this gene, good luck. <laughs> uh, we don't know we, we don't know much about it yet. Have a nice, nice life, yeah. yeah. But for the most part, we have recommendations. Um, speaking of skin, um, I'm not sure if you were mentioning that your symptoms might be psoriasis-like. Um, but this one gives you a fivefold increase for psoriasis, but only plus or minus. Um, anyway, the, the, the takeaway here is supplement with retinol and see how that does. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, now moving into the, the third main chapter here, vitamin hormone detox genes. Um, your plus minus for this ARSA gene here that um, – gives you a decreased ability to process something called um, cerebroside 3-sulfate into ceramide. I mean, this is not something that 
I come across too often and you won't, you know, probably won't hear about this, um, and anywhere else, but, um, what you could do is, is what's recommended there. Um, let's see, N-acetylcysteine can be helpful because it contains, um, sulfur, which you actually need extra sulfur. I'm not sure if, yeah, that's not written there. Um, but yeah, and you're only plus minus for it, so not something to spend too much time on, but just a heads up, maybe play with that. Okay. Um, iron levels. You're plus minus for this gene that can lead to higher blood iron. I think your blood iron was okay, um, if I remember correctly, um, but I would keep an eye on it because um, iron basically causes the oxidation in the body, right, if you have too much of it it can become an issue. Uh, but I think you were doing okay. Usually for men, it's like within range or, or high, but I think you're okay. Yeah. I don't remember what it says on there. I mean, I eat a, I eat a fair amount of red meat. You know, I've done, I did carnivore last January for a full month. I probably have, I probably have red meat two or three times a week. Um, but it's definitely something that that I yeah, should look I think at. That's okay. can look, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's okay. I just always, you know, make sure that's thrown into your blood work. I mean, it's easy enough to test, so um, might as well keep an eye on it. Yeah. Uh, vitamin D. Interestingly, you dodged that, um, but there are most people have some sort of vitamin D issue. I'll spend a moment on it just because of that. So um, I may have alluded to it earlier in in the conversation, but um, a lot of times. Um, the problem with vitamin D is you may um, seem like you have the right level of vitamin D based on your blood work, but it's sort of like um, basically there are versions of, of, of vitamin D and there is and, and they test a particular form of it that's not the active form, but they usually just assume if you've got enough of that one, you probably have the active one too. But if you're not converting to the active one efficiently, then that's an issue. Your body's actually starving for it. Um, the other version of that is you may again have the right blood levels, but um, your vitamin D receptors aren't functioning as well as they could be. And so again, um, your body's starved of vitamin D. So, um, I think that's that's another reason why it's important to do this versus only blood work. But um, and when it comes to blood work, I actually recommend looking at Dr. Chris Masterjohn's um, nutritional status cheat sheet. I think it's what it's called. You have to purchase it, but I think it's well worth it. Um, there he describes how to figure out what your vitamin D levels should be. Should it be 50? Should it be 70? 90? That depends on you. So um, there's a way to do that. I'll just make a reference to it. But if anyone wants to know more, feel free to reach out to me. Um, you also dodged, I think it's important to mention that you, you dodged the uh, pesticides and cleaning chemicals gene that I'll see often. Hmm. Um, so that's good. Some people have trouble breaking down um, pesticides and organophosphates and um, you know just nasty chemicals as well as certain types of xenoestrogens, um, which obviously Dr. Jay's talked about. So, um, you know, nice <laughs> that you don't have to deal with this, yeah. but a lot of people do. Right. And it used to not really be an issue. You know, 100 plus years ago, it wasn't an issue. But now we're surrounded by all these things. And for some people, it is an issue. Um, you also, one thing that I did want to stop on as well, there's like three of these in a row, your testosterone area, you, you didn't have anything for testosterone. 
which was a bit um, surprising because you're, uh, based on your blood work, your testosterone is actually, in my opinion, um, quite low. Yes, thanks for noticing. Which, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's huge. I mean, that has far-reaching implications. It's not just you know, how muscular you are, um, which is what, you know, most guys think about testosterone. It has so many other things. Um, it's involved in so many other things, um, like brain fog or literally if your testosterone is higher, you store memories, um, more, more efficiently. And you also recall memories more efficiently. Those are two different things, right? Um, it can affect your mood, your energy, um, all sorts of health concerns. So, um, as well as like prostate cancer it used to be thought that, um, higher testosterone caused prostate cancer, but now that's kind of been deep debunked, um, by the people that are kind of like, um, at the, uh, uh, the elite, um, guys that are in that world. So testosterone, uh, I did want to stop on it, even though you don't have an issue genetically. Um, the, the other thing is, your free testosterone, which is what really matters, is also quite low in part because your total is low. Um, but as a percentage of your total, it's also pretty low. Um, so I would look into that. Um, you might be fine, but you know a lot of it's it's is based on your symptoms, right? And you might you know um, start taking testosterone in some form um, and not feel any different potentially, or it might feel like a light just switches on all of a sudden. Some people describe it that way. So something to investigate, I would say, especially at your age, um, not to call you old, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, testosterone, um, declines over time. Right. Right. And, um, they're finding that our, our testosterone is much lower than, than our, um, the, the generations before us. It's, It's been, um, lowering over the last 40 years um, decade after decade. Um, and interestingly, and this is a study over like 40,000 or 43,000 males across the world. And interestingly, that's happening in the developed world, but not like third world countries. They still have the same amount. So whatever you want to take from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I need to go get it tested again because since then I've been taking some ashwagandha, um, and supplementing with that some B12. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the right, it's the right time for me to go get that checked out to see if it's, if it's normalized at all. Yeah. Also your DHEA was low and DHEA is a precursor to testosterone. So Hmm. basically like when you have, um, less of the building blocks, um, you just don't have the, um, building supplies to make the testosterone molecule. So obviously, um, it, it could be lower, right? So you might consider supplementing with DHEA. There are a bunch of, um, I can send you more information about how to, um, naturally increase your testosterone. There's kind of, you know, for instance, near infrared light therapy kind of down there <laughs> can, yeah. can increase it and stuff like that. So you might want to play with that first, but, um, the next gene that actually, um, factors in and plays into all of this is your SHBG. Um, and your variant, uh, which stands for sex hormone binding globulin, mm-hmm. your variant, uh, causes a slight increase in SHBG and it, that kind of seems to be showing in the blood work. It's not like dramatically high, but it's higher than average. And why that's important is SHBG kind of acts as, um, like, you know, like a vehicle boot that, that the cops will put on a car that's been parked somewhere for too long. Mm-hmm. It'll bind with the testosterone molecule and take it out of the game. 
Um, and that's why you have less, um, part of the reason why you have free, less free testosterone. And that, and there's not much you can do about that, unfortunately. That's just what it is. Huh. So knowing, knowing that that's the way the cards are stacked against you, then you can, you know, know that, all right, I just need to increase the, the total T number. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on to estrogen, you have, um, two genes here, um, that are involved in eliminating uh, artificial estrogen. Um, well, the funny thing is the first one um, inhibits, uh, slows down your ability to eliminate artificial estrogen. Um, funny enough, and, and usually people have more of these actually. And then funny enough, the next one um, metabolizes estrogen faster although it's a plus minus. So maybe those things are, are somewhat balancing each other out. Hmm. But as you mentioned, um, sauna, it can be really helpful because um, I think Dr. J may have um, mentioned on your podcast earlier that um, you can actually, they'll put these like nicotine patches on people without the nicotine and and have them sit in a sauna. Then they'll test the, the patches and see that um, a, a ton of uh uh, you know, heavy metals and chemicals and things are sweat out of the body. So right. for people like this, I recommend sitting in a sauna and sweating it out. Yeah, this is fascinating. This one kind of jumped out at me because it's so damn specific. Um, you know, under estrogen, it's a plus plus CYP1, B1, L4, blah, blah, blah. It says uh, regularly eat uh, plenty of plants from the brassia, brassica family, such as broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, and kale to balance estrogen. Use the sauna at least three times per week, 180 degrees Fahrenheit, and at least 10 per minutes, 10 minutes per session. Most importantly, avoid uh, artificial estrogen chemicals as outlined in the Estrogeneration book. Like that's great, actionable, actionable yeah. stuff. Same thing with the next one. Beware of low omega-3 acid levels. Consider testing your omega-3 using omega quant. I mean, this is they're they're so that that's such a great that's such a great thing yeah and this stuff is important i mean the the first one actually um the the first gene um the higher incidence of gynecomastia in men which is you know breast tissue in men um aka man boobs as some people would call it um and so yeah this stuff is i mean it you know not just happening in the background but you can you can see it on some people um so yeah if that's any motivation to to um get it done so yeah okay um and by the way a lot of people have these issues many people have these issues so it's relevant to everyone here and, and by the way I, I i don't know if you've read dr j's book but i'll shoot over a, a pdf copy of it just so at least you can you have a searchable um document um if you want to look things up i think That'd it's be awesome yeah. pretty mind-blowing yeah no absolutely especially concerning you have those genes yeah um, getting into thyroid here, you have this, you're plus minus only, but it is a tenfold increased risk of um, thyroid issues. Um, your, I think your thyroid, though, looked okay. Um, I do see that you, you know, you, you, you're, okay, no, you did your T3 as well. Yeah, you're, you're, I'm not an expert in thyroid, although it's, it is very important. It's kind of like the gas pedal on the body. And if, if there are issues there, you'll have trouble um, burning um, fat and having energy and the you know, temperature of your body and all those things. Um, and, and that can be an issue for some people. You seem to be okay. You seem to be dodging this. But um, my recommendation for you is keep checking those numbers. It's easy enough to do. 
Um, I would look at my blood work list where I list out all of the other, like not just T3 and T4, but the free versions plus the, uh, you know, uh, TSH and the antibodies and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, iodine is, is great for your thyroid as well. So supplement with iodine is a takeaway there. Um, you have these um, Fox E1 um, genes at a few positions, um, again, related to thyroid uh, issues. Um, could be important in terms of uh, thyroid cancer as well. Uh, these were discovered as a result of Chernobyl. Um, uh, these genes were discovered um, as a result of that accident. Whoa. Again, yeah, again, supplement with iodine. Um, if you watch the HBO series, you see the the head scientist offer some iodine to, to, to someone. They don't really, I don't think they really explain it, but I knew what was going on wow. and why they had that scene. Oh my gosh. Because it's protective. Yeah. Yeah. So iodine, I think is good to have in the diet. Don't, don't, um, go ham on it. You want to have like a sensible amount and not, you know, within, within a window. Um, you moving on to this histamine intolerance area. You're only plus minus for this. I often see more, but basically, um, you have a decreased ability to eliminate histamines. Um, and uh, histamines are actually mostly generated by your own immune system, and they cause like allergy-like symptoms. That's why you hear about antihistamines, right? Um, you might consider uh, playing with a histamine-free diet if you notice that you have reactions to certain foods. Um, that way you can uncover what the issue is, but um, you're only plus minus for one of these genes, so I'm not too worried about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, under beta carotene retinol, um, you have this issue converting um, converting into uh, c converting between beta carotene and and um, retinol. So basically, the answer is uh, supplement with retinol. Um, that's kind of the takeaway here. We can move on. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. More interesting uh, pastures here. Yeah, whatever, whatever kind of jumps, whatever things are that are kind of jumping out. You know, I like I like the gym genes. Um, oh sure, okay, okay. I'll I'll zoom through those. The other one. So so speaking of the next one is uh, this cattle uh, catecholamine um, related gene. So your body actually um, uh, breaks down catecholamines four times slower. And, and so you're kind of like in a more stressed state. And as a result, um, your body's getting rid of water and salts more quickly, um, especially in those stress states. So for you, I'd recommend more salt, more water. Um, yeah. Not iodized salt. Um, right. I would right. go for, yeah. The, Come like, on, Cena. I had a pond. <laughs> <laughs> no, for everyone else, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the good news, though, the silver lining here is that it all it means that your dopamine is also broken down more slowly. So you have more of that reward hormone in your yeah, body. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah I'm, a, yeah, I'm definitely a high dopamine guy. Cool, cool. Another one I'll just touch on real quickly, your methionine. Um, basically supplement with methionine because uh, you have um, some trouble with, with methionine, one of the amino acids. So that's an easy one. Getting into folate, which is probably of more interest – um, to everyone, especially considering you recently had Dr. Lynch on the podcast, you are, um, and I don't know if you joked about it or not, I haven't heard it yet, but MTHFR, sometimes people have a 
call this by a certain name that I won't repeat to keep it family friendly. But if, you, if you're looking at it, you can see what that might be. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll let you say it. Yeah. Um, or or you can call it Monday, Thursday, Friday. Either way, um, most people usually don't get away with having some version of um, this gene. You're only plus minus for the C67 uh, 677T version of it. Um, and you have also this other MTRR gene as well, your plus minus four. Why this is important is, um, I'll take a moment and, and say, uh, the problem is that folic acid, which is a man-made synthetic, um, version of vitamin B9 and not found in nature, uh, your body will have more trouble converting that into methylfolate. Um, so, avoid that and then the problem with it is if you do take folic acid instead of you know the folate that you wanted not only you're not getting the folate that you wanted but uh it's plugging up your system so the folate can't be used um for doing its folate things why is this important many things sleep issues depression migraines um clearing heavy metals in your body as well as um miscarriages in women that's a big issue so oh wow Totally avoid. Yeah, and if you have a multivitamin, um, very often it's the folic version of it. So make sure to look for methylfolate or 5-MTHF um, for B9. Similar story for the MTRR gene. Basically, I'll, I'll send you a little bit more information about what to do um, in general for for all of this folate stuff. But this next one is um, it's related to um, inflammation in your body, and it's important to have folate instead of folic acid. Got no. it. Yeah. Yeah. Next one, B12. Um, you are you are likely to have higher levels of B12, and um, I think you tested that, and yeah, you were doing okay. So that's no surprise. If you take metformin, um, one of the one of the points is it'll likely burn through your B12 more quickly. So um, probably someone with B12, if you're someone with this gene, maybe you can get away without doing so. Okay. Um, vitamin E, this one's interesting. I'll, I'll just spend a moment on it. There's a link there for Brent, Ben Greenfield um, podcast episodes. Po- podcast episodes, sorry. Um, tocopherol is this low-quality version, cheap version of vitamin E, and it could be doing the opposite of what you're taking it for. You want to go for tocotrienols. Um, I've summarized that um, episode. I had to listen to it like three times to fully absorb all the technical information and plus um the guest had a bit of an accent so i've done that work for you <laughs> cool added some recommendations on where to go for that so awesome. that's vitamin e um fructose here basically you have this twofold higher increased risk for fatty liver disease um with fruit sugar or fructose consumption so we kind of already talked about that um try to avoid fructose all right now finally what you've been waiting for <laughs> sorry <laughs> This report is so long. Sorry about that. Um, no, this is – I mean this is great. I mean hopefully people are either tracking with this or or they're listening for how this can apply to them. Yeah. But but this – this what you're doing here um, in, in just slightly abbreviated is is what people would get <laughs> from, right, from right, working right. with you. So I think it's, yeah. it's, it's relevant. And, it, and it, maybe it's up to you but you might want to break this one into two episodes or something just so that uh, – I don't know unless you always you know just let them run. But um, yeah, so this we're we're at uh, section four on gym genes and under muscle type, you're plus plus for um, 
being fast twitch muscle fiber type, meaning um, you're more of an explosive um, power guy as opposed to an endurance guy. Is that your experience? That is for sure, my friend. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, my 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 father, who's interested in in genetics and and has been, uh, has told me since I was little that I have fast twitch muscle fibers. And my brother, my brother does. Some of my cousins don't. And and once he points it out, like tomorrow at Thanksgiving, when I see some of my cousins and their kids, their kids do not. I I would assume do not have the same types of genes. <laughs> and, and and my kids definitely do. Like explosive, explosive, um, you know, coordinated, fast feet. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's noticeable. Yeah, well, they definitely got a plus from you, and maybe they got a plus from their mother. So. Um, they may have got, this could be a fun, um, competition at the Thanksgiving table. Like you guys all run your genetics and see who's what. Wouldn't that be something? (laughs) Um, the, the following one was this weird one, um, that I actually have as well. It's related to novelty seeking. Basically your body responds better to changing it up. Um, so what I would recommend is I'm not saying muscle confusion (laughs) as, as they used to say back in the day, but maybe, um, a periodized program, um, would make sense for you. Um, your body might respond better that way versus doing the same thing every time, Um, which is kind of the case for everyone, but more of a case for you and I, this, uh, catecholamine, um, gene, the same one pops up again. It's just popping up here to say, um, have more water and salt. That's why it's under the the gym portion. Um, you got a bunch of um, joint, um, health issues, but quite frankly, a lot of people have these and probably at your age, you're okay. You're not feeling them. Um, but just kind of a heads up. Iodine is important. Um, movement is important. Um, infrared light therapy can be helpful. Um, so I'll just kind of wrap them all up into kind of those recommendations. Yeah. Uh, but of course, I can give you more if um, you want. Keto helps, obviously, because it's low inflammatory, right? Right. So. right. Um, yeah, moving on to bone strength. Um, funny funny enough, um, this happens often too. You're plus plus for this LRP5 gene, um, which, which gives you a likelihood of decreased bone mineral density. But um, like there's a twist where you're plus plus for this other gene that gives you stronger bones. So huh. – how that's playing out, I don't know. Um, you mentioned earlier, um, maybe before we started re- recording to, to run a DEXA. Yeah, you did. And I said I'd ding you on that. Um, yeah. So Haven't done I, a DEXA. Well, I'm a very um, quantitative, like um, empirical guy. I like to measure things. I like to be sure that something's working or not working um, before we waste our time doing you know this or that. Um, so I love running a DEXA um, scan right before changing something up. Um, and that's great for, you know, figuring your body fat percentage and, you know, um, and muscle lean, lean tissue by section and all that. But I think something else that's really interesting is figuring out your bone mineral density, which is really the main purpose of a DEXA machine in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be changed around. You can work on that. Um, you know, your vitamin D and your, um, calcium and estrogen levels and, um, collagen consumption, glycine, all those types of things. Plus, I think you mentioned you do the X3, um, bar. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. From, um, Dr. John Jayquish. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. So he actually, he talks about the X3 bar, but the other thing he, he talks about a lot is increasing um, bone strength. So I'm not sure if he's talked about that on your um, show, but he has some really interesting stuff around that. Yeah, he does. Um, um, you know, he's got the Osteo Strong machines, but, you know, at the heart of the the X3 protocol, which I've been on, which I've been doing for a year, um, uh, yeah, it's at the heart of... Uh, you know, you, you at at your at your longest range of range of motion, you should be pushing the hardest, um, because it um it triggers growth hormone and uh, promotes bone density. Um, I'm actually having him back on the podcast here soon because he's coming. He's he's come out with this. This is uh, tangential, but he's come out with this um, amino acid uh, product that I've been taking. It's called Fortigen. Uh, you take it at night and I'm swelling up like the incredible Hulk. Like <laughs> I, you, you should look at it. Um, I, I, yeah. know, I know you're a big fitness guy. I mean, I've, I've put on, I've put on about four pounds of, of lean muscle mass in the past, wow. like probably month since I've been taking it. It's, oh, wow. it's, yeah. a, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'd love to see some Dexa numbers to confirm that. Yeah. <laughs> got you. Got you. Yeah. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I wish you had done it right before and then after. Right. And then that would have been great stuff to point to. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Cena. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So last one in this section is pain sensitive sensitivity. You have this um, variant of this gene that gives you probably um, slightly increased perception of pain, meaning you're a bit more potentially a bit more of a wuss. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but um, that's good to know, though. I mean, if if it's if it's the case, because then you can know. Oh, okay, I can push a little bit harder. And some people have low pain sensitivity. In their case, I would say, hey, trust your pain. You know, if it's yeah. starting, to hurt, you need to stop. So we're almost done here because we're at the sleep section here. Um, but sleep is super duper important. I mean. It's almost more important or maybe is a more important than what you're doing in the gym and during the day in terms of um, health and, and um, body recomposition and fitness and whatnot. So we'll spend a bit of time here. Um, you have this uh, odd combination of genes. This this first one is your period circadian regulator one gene that you're plus plus for. Um, you're likely to have optimal health by going to bed early and waking up early. Um, so basically shifting your day forward, it's like, um, Hmm. it's like the pacemaker for your brain. But, um, before you say anything, um, because you give me a, hmm, um, this next one, um, makes it likely that you prefer staying up late at night. (laughs) Is that true? Um, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So the way these might be playing with each other is you prefer staying up late, but you would have been better off sleeping early. <laughs> right, right. So. Sleep drive, right. Sleep drive is one thing, but what's best for you genetically is something else. Right, right. So, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff around sleep. Um, you know, Dr. Matthew Walker's book is great to, to um, start off with if someone is interested. Um, Aura Ring is recommended here. I think it's a great, great place to figure out a, a baseline and um, figure watch the trend and see what's helping you, you know, um, if red lights at night is, are helping or getting a lot of light in your eyes first thing in the morning is helping, um, reprogram your circadian rhythm. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what's going on for you with those. Um, you have this other one, um, 
you're only plus minus for it, so it might not be playing out, but this clock gene, they literally call it clock, um, makes it harder to fall asleep and stay asleep. Um, but it's only a plus minus, so um, may not be working out like that for yeah, you. Yeah, it's not a problem for me. I'm 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 asleep. I'm asleep within five minutes of head on the pillow, and I even at my um, uh, consume a lot of water. Uh, and at my 36 years old, I, I rarely get up to pee in the middle of the night, so I must not be. Awesome. And yeah. yeah, and that could be, you know, for instance, you're, you're exercising during the day, so you're you're yeah. kind of tired yourself out and you can pass out. Right. Um, now, the final last one here about the home stretch. This one's, we're going to end on kind of a funny, funny one here. Um, you are, uh, you probably have 25% less memory recall if you're low on sleep. So if you were to pull an all nighter for an exam or something like that, or like a talk or something, you would not perform as well the next day. Um, do you find that to be the case or if you ever, yeah, have yes. back in the day? right. Yeah. Yeah. This one's pretty, usually pretty on point. People are pr- pretty much identify it with it hundred percent of the time. Funny wrinkle here is if you, if you use a nicotine patch or nicotine gum, or even vape pen with nicotine, it can combat that um, that effect. So I'm not, I'm not recommending that you go start smoking a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> what I'm saying is nicotine for like a one-time use. If you've got this like, you know, big big presentation or something the next morning, can help um, counteract that. Yeah, I actually do use nicotine gum fairly regularly for for you know when I'm jumping into flow states and trying to get a bunch of work done. I'm I'm actually yeah, it's something I do. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. Fascinating uh, stuff. I mean, there there's the 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 value of having this information and going through it and understanding it more clearly I think is is something that's worth um worth people knowing about frankly because um, I think you and I probably share this um, opinion that in another five or ten years, everybody's going to be doing this because it's going to be fundamental to our health. Don't you think? I hope so. I mean, I think I'm really hoping that a much more sophisticated, intelligent approach to health will be taken up um, versus the way it is now, which is really primitive, quite frankly. It's not up to speed with our technology at all. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, so before I ask the last question, which is a fill in the blank question, um, first of all, and second of all, and third of all, thank you very much for taking the time. Um, I, I think this was a cool illustration of how this works and what people can learn about themselves. It's been obviously eye opening for me and I've been taking feverish notes this whole time, um, so that I can, I can really focus my supplementation so that I can be even more optimal. It's 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 really funny that a lot of this stuff I'm I'm sort of in, um, doing intuitively: fasting, red light, um, um, you know, skipping breakfast, and and uh, doing th- those sorts of activities. It, it sounds like me, and because it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, where can people connect with you? What's the best place for them to say hi or connect or or all that stuff? Yeah, uh, if they want to know more about the DNA consults, they can go to ajconsultingcompany.com forward slash DNA. You'll find Dr. J on there as well as myself and other coaches. If you want to um, reach out to me and feel free to do so for any reason, 
you can um, reach me at Cena, which is spelled Sierra Echo Echo November Alpha at ajconsultingcompany.com, same website, or um, Cena at evolvedphysiques.com. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, so based on everything that you know, this doesn't necessarily need to be relevant to, to, to your, your visit on this podcast, but I have a fill in the blank and because I know you're a listener, you, you're going to know what's coming next. Um, so if you would and take as much time as you need to, to, uh, elaborate, please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Yeah. You know, I should have probably realize you'd ask me that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, I, maybe I'll, I'll answer in in a way that maybe doesn't perfectly dovetail with the question, but, um, my, my, um, what I would leave everyone with is kind of what we just talked about, which is they benefit from knowing their, their custom, um, tailored designer, whatever you want to call it, um, health. So, Part of that is DNA. Um, obviously, I'm, I might be biased on that one, but I mean that is the most uh, customized, you know, specific thing to that person, to each person. But also, like we said, you know, the blood work. I highly recommend doing comprehensive um, blood work at least every few years, if nothing else, to set a baseline so you understand where what's normal for you and what's not, and then maybe follow up with. Um, kind of uh, specific um, spot testing uh, between those years on, on the problematic markers. I recommend doing DEXA scans like we talked about, um, using an aura ring to track your sleep. I mean, we have these things. And so, you know, why wouldn't you? If you, I mean, everyone wants to feel, look and feel like they're part of the Avengers, right? <laughs> and so yeah. if you... If you want to get there, you're not going to get there by doing the average thing because then you'll just be like the average person, right? So I highly recommend taking an intelligent approach to your your health that's specific to you because not everything that works for the person to your left and to to your right is going to work for for you. So um, that's – I would say everyone would benefit from knowing their specific health needs. Awesome. Here, here, totally agreed, and that's why, that's why this is the optimal performance podcast, man. Because we don't want to be average, we don't want to be normal, we want to be the the best versions of ourselves we can possibly be. Nice. If I could, I'd high five you. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Cena, thank you so much for being my guest today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. My pleasure.